Hey, Freddie Wills here, back for another podcast this week. Uh, gonna recap last week, which was not a great week, to be honest. Uh, you know, it's not what I had in mind when I gave out these recommendations to clients and bet these games myself, you know, but uh, it's part of the process, part of the grind. Anyone that tells you that they win every week is a complete liar. And, you know, the week, you know, three, two, and one in NFL plus one and a half percent. The push was kind of tough with the the Bengals there going back and forth. There was five missed field goals in the last five minutes. We had a lot of ups and downs. Uh, sometimes I I wonder why I watch these games because um, while I don't get too high or too low after a win or loss, it's still you know you're watching the game. You you won. You lost. You won. Like the Bengals set up for. I mean they played that game horribly at the end. You can really see the difference in coaching uh, right there at the end. Uh, with the Bengals starting to run the ball to try to just get into field goal range rather than just let Joe Burrow win the game. And um, so that one was tough in the NFL. The 49ers plus six is our max play of the day. You know, I I, I knew there was going to be some regression on my max play of the days in the NFL. I mean, you can't win over 65% for that long period of time. I'm still going to hope to go 60% this year. We're not off to a great start, two and three, but uh, – you know, the, the 49ers plus six, I mean, they went one for five on fourth down. Uh, the inches on the goal line at the beginning of the game, Trey Lance tries to get in on a fourth and goal, doesn't. Uh, those all would have been differences in the game. Uh, I still think I was on the right side there. Uh, but um, college was really where the story was this weekend. We went uh, three, eight, and one, minus 16%. Uh, but again, you know, I, I'll bounce back. This is part of the grind. And, um, you know, on to positive vibes uh, here. Today is my birthday, October 13th, so that's a positive thing for me at least. Uh, but um, also, Connecticut, sports betting is legal. Uh, we can make bets online now, uh, which is great for me. Of course, I've, I've had my other ways of uh, getting money down offshore, but it's great to have more outs and to have them locally, uh, you know, to support our state so I'm very excited about that, but I uh, won't bore you guys all with that because there's probably most of you are n- not listening from the state of Connecticut. Let's get started. Florida International outgained Charlotte 538 to 378, but they lose by 12 points. This was a 24 to 6 and then 31 to 13 game in the third quarter before FIU scored three fourth quarter touchdowns. So I'm not sure this was misleading as it looks when you factor in uh, what happened in garbage time in this game. The biggest upset of the day probably was when Texas A&M upset Alabama as an 18-point home dog. I didn't have any interest in this game from a betting perspective, but uh, definitely was paying close attention. Alabama did outgain A&M 522-379, but A&M had the 96-yard kickoff return touchdown, which was a huge factor. However, I was really impressed with how Zach Calzada looked in this game, especially after it looked like he got knocked out of the game on a touchdown pass late. He was able to come back in, show his team some toughness, and bring A&M down, down the field on a huge drive. Only I, I can only see this carrying over for A&M. I, I don't see a hangover for them. I think this gives them some confidence moving forward. Um, I you know Obviously, with two losses, 
There's not a whole ton to play for, but they they go on the road to face a hopeless Missouri team, in my opinion, one that I could just, I could really argue, and I hate throwing this out there, but I could argue that this team is maybe shaving points. That's what it seems like. And I'm not just saying it because I had Missouri last week. I mean, they gave up, what was it, 70, 62 points the week before. So Alabama, and I'll get to that game more in a second here. Alabama here, I think they'll be fine. They have a ton to play for still. They'll go on the road to face Mississippi State, another tough place to play, especially at night. But Nick Saban, after loss, has been excellent. I believe. I believe. I'll have to go back and look at the exact stats. Sorry, I don't have that for you guys here. I know it hasn't happened that often. Um, and, and obviously, he's won after a loss, but I'm more interested in how he's performed against the spread. I think he gets his team focused this week. Uh, you know, they won last year at Mississippi State, forty-one to nothing. So obviously, Mike Leach's offense really doesn't give this defense issues. So it's definitely a game I'm I'm going to be looking at this week to be backing Alabama, which I haven't said in a while because Alabama typically inflated numbers. It's hard to bet them, but it it almost seems like these players and these coaches now are definitely aware of the spread. I would say in college, way more than pro. College is more square, so it's not necessarily a bad thing to be on the same side as where all the money is or all the tickets, uh, just my opinion. Missouri, I told you I'd get to them in a second. They led 31-7 to at the half. I had them minus 19 against North Texas. You know, I thought we were sitting pretty at halftime, especially given how Missouri played the week before and how their defense was really supposed to show some effort here. And in the first half, they did. Uh, you know, Eli Drinkowitz, he fired his defensive line coach, basically calling the defense out, saying anyone, you know, no one, no one has their spot on defense. You're gonna earn it. And I, you know, I part of my handicap was I thought they were gonna show extreme effort. They were going to get some very bad offense that was ranked outside of the top 100 in every metric. Um, I didn't see it late here with Missouri. I don't know if the players are seriously. I hate saying this uh, because it's a huge accusation, but obviously. I, I I almost wonder if the players are betting against themselves or something. I can't touch Missouri moving forward, that's for sure. They're 0-6 against the spread. They gave up 35. This is what they did in the late in the third and fourth corner. This is this is how we did not cover the spread. This is a power five defense going against one of the worst offenses this year in college football in North Texas. They gave up a 35-yard touchdown pass. Okay, not bad. A 22-yard touchdown pass. A 52-yard touchdown pass. And finally, the dagger after Missouri comes back with a big run, 60-yard touchdown run, and they're covering the spread late, three minutes left in the game. They gave up a 77-yard touchdown pass. I, ugh, it just it just killed me because I, I, I just couldn't believe the explosive plays they were giving up for touchdowns in this game when the defense was called out. There is no way in hell I could back A&M, or I'm sorry, Missouri moving forward. A&M this week, an 8.5 point favorite on the road. I lean A&M. Not sure I'll get to the ticket window there uh, because I still think A&M's offense is suspect. But listen, if North Texas can put up that uh, type of offense and yardage, they actually outgain Missouri in the game. So, uh, you know, I, I definitely lean A&M this week to carry the momentum into this week. Georgia. Wins 34-10 at Auburn, covers the spread. Stetson Bennett was excellent in this game. You know, I'd still be looking to fade Georgia. Obviously, I gave out Auburn plus 14.5 as my free free play. 
And it just honestly, some of these games come down to whether or not these teams can uh, convert on fourth downs. Uh, the game has become extremely volatile, especially in the NFL now with the fourth downs. Because uh, if these teams just punt it, sometimes you're going to cover the spread, which is which is you know you're going to really have to start looking at the tendencies of these coaches if they are all in on the analytics. Which you know I support analytics, and sorry for going off on a tangent here. The one thing that I think is kind of confusing when people just throw the numbers out there. It's not just black and white in my in my opinion, um, which means you know take it with a grain of salt. But um, if you're playing a defensive game and your offense is struggling anyways, and you're going against a really good defense, should you be going for it on fourth down? I don't think so. Depending on the score of the game, I mean Auburn was in that game early. Um, I don't know. I just think that. If, if you're not likely to get the fourth down, you can't just paint a broad picture and use the statistics and, and analytics over a huge sample size and say that it fits for your team. When your team, if your team can't convert third downs, how are you going to convert fourth downs? And then if your offensive coordinator doesn't call good plays, it's just, I, I just, sometimes I, I just uh, get so frustrated because it's definitely cost us coverage covers because we're mainly on the underdog and when those underdogs don't come through for us because of fourth down conversions where we would have covered if they just simply punted I mean that happened at least three in three games over this past weekend so I'm a little passionate about it uh but um yeah I just I get frustrated and maybe that starts to change at some point but obviously these coaches aren't interested in covering the spread they want to win the game and for huge underdogs to win the game, they got to go for it on fourth down. It's just the nature of the beast right now. Moving forward, though, Georgia, I'm I'm still going to look to fade them at some point. I think when JT Daniels comes back, there's going to be some rust, and I, I don't think uh, JT Daniels gives them as much of a diverse offense. Stetson Bennett clearly more mobile. Uh, Stetson Bennett also clearly, it seems like he wants to take more shots downfield. Uh, but Georgia, obviously... The number one team in the country, there's no debate at this point. However, they really have not faced an offense so far. Name a good offense if they've faced. And they're not really going to face one this this week. Uh, I know Kentucky's playing well, and their statistics say that they're a great offense right now, a balanced offense right now. I don't think they are. They get Kentucky as 23.5-point favorites at home. Uh, you know, Kentucky may not score in this game, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm not sure what direction to go here because I like Kentucky's defense. I like Kentucky as a dog. I like Mark Stoops. And everyone's going to be going against Kentucky here. Um, so I think they're going to show some effort. And when, when you have a team showing effort, uh, they're more than likely going to cover big spreads like this. So I, you know, I probably can't play the game. Auburn, on the other hand, is a team I would like to continue to back. Uh, they're a three-and-a-half dog at Arkansas this week. You know, Arkansas has been in some absolute battles this year in the last three weeks. They were in another battle this past week with Ole Miss. And I just, I wonder how much this team has left. Uh, it certainly makes for an interesting game. You know, I could only look for Auburn in this game. You know, I, I love Arkansas as a dog. I've backed them a couple times this year and they've come through for us. But I definitely am not a big fan of them as a favorite. So, Penn State, Iowa. Huge game, uh, number four, number five team in the country, according to the AP poll. Obviously, we all know that they're they're not the number four, number five team in the country. And now Iowa's number two after they win this game. Penn State blew a twenty to ten 
lead in the third quarter. Uh, mainly, people say mainly because Sean Clifford left the game. Um, and then they had four total turnovers in the game. Clifford wasn't playing great before he left the game. So I'm not sure Iowa wasn't going to win the game anyways. But listen, uh, Penn State's defense was dominating. It seemed like they got worn out by the end of the game as Iowa was on the field for 36 of the 60 minutes. Clifford is questionable this week against Illinois. I don't think the loss is a dream crusher since Penn State and Iowa do not play in the same division. So everything is still there for Penn State. Iowa continues to win these games by winning the turnover battle. Not putting up impressive offensive numbers by any means. You know, I will continue to like Iowa as a small favorite and underdog moving forward. But they host Purdue this week. They're the number two team in the country. Maybe playing with a little pressure. Purdue has a really good defense. Really underrated defense. I really thought they played well at Notre Dame a few weeks ago when we backed them. I think if they're smart, they could hang in this game. If they start playing fast, like they tend to sometimes like to do, uh, they could get blown out. Uh, so it's a definitely a game I'm, I'm looking at and lean towards Purdue as plus 11.5. I think uh, with David Bell is probably the best wide receiver in this game. I think Purdue very strong in the trenches on both sides of the ball, uh, on defense especially. They have a very good defensive line. I, I don't know if Iowa's going to get too cute here. I don't think they care if they win by more than 10. They're already the number two team in the country. They could win all their games by one point, and they're getting to the college football playoff. Oklahoma comes from 21 down to defeat Texas in the Red River rivalry show up show, shootout. It was quite the game. One of the luckier games uh, for myself and my clients, I gave out Oklahoma minus three. So, obviously... Very lucky, especially where it was looking like a push late and uh, the rushing touchdown by um, Kendall Brooks uh, was was just amazing at the end there. Uh, it was something that <laughs> um, makes up for some of our unfortunate losses in the past. A couple takeaways for me. Clearly obvious that uh, Oklahoma just had a different energy when Spencer Rattler was benched and freshman, freshman Caleb Williams came into the game to lead the comeback. Riley apparently is not naming a starter this week as they host TCU. TCU has injuries coming into this game as well, so I, I don't really have an official lean with that information. Uh, to me, I would be shocked if Rattler is the starter at this point. Williams fits Riley's system better. I, you know, and and there's been calls. It seems like the energy around this team, they the players, they want Williams to play. I don't know if it has anything to do with. Rattler being this, um, you know, Heisman Trophy favorite before the season, getting paid uh, to promote himself, basically. I don't know if the players like that. I expect uh, Rattler to transfer if he doesn't start here. I don't know if he's, to me, I I don't want to judge a kid uh, without really knowing him. The only thing I know of, of is how he acts on the field. And how he was in that Netflix documentary, QB1. I didn't really like how he acted. Very cocky, arrogant. Um, so I expect him to probably transfer. I hope he doesn't. I hope he sticks it out maybe, learn something. Because uh, Lincoln Riley, obviously a great offensive mind. Uh, we saw Jalen Hurts do this. And, you know, I can't even compare Rattler to Jalen Hurts. But, um and then transfer from Alabama, and you know he's playing the NFL now. So for Texas, I still think they are overrated. They'll face an Oklahoma State team this week. 
a five and a half point favorite. Texas A&M's defense did did not look good in. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean Texas A&M. Texas's defense did not look good. They'll have issues against Oklahoma State, who has, you know, a power running game, a mobile quarterback who can run, and honestly, a ton to play for, a ton to prove. Uh, we spoke about Texas's struggles the week before the Red River rivalry. Uh, that's really hard to say, Red River rivalry. Uh, going two ten and one against the spread the last thirteen years. After the Red River rivalry, Texas is twelve and three straight up, eleven three and one against the spread following following that game. They're five and three and one against the spread following a loss. You would think that after a loss, maybe they don't you know give as much effort. I think that they're they're probably angry that they lost the game. Uh, I I definitely don't see them slowing down. They have one of the best running backs in the country. I think Oklahoma State being ranked and undefeated will definitely have their attention this week. So I actually lean Texas for the first time this season. I've backed Oklahoma State several times, um, but I, I don't think their offense is as explosive enough to keep up with Texas. I don't think field goals are going to come into play here. So Texas, anything under a touchdown is is – the route I would lean, um, just because they're at home. Just how many misleading finals will Boise State have this year? Moving on to the next game. They were plus four turnover margin in order to beat BYU. BYU outgained Boise 413 to 312. Uh, they were one for three on fourth down. Plus, they lost three fumbles and had an interception. So that's really the game in the nutshell. BYU is a much better team than Boise. If they played again, I would probably back them after seeing this game. So, you know, um, I mean, when you go one for three on fourth down, that's like two turnovers. Then you fumble it three times, which is really bad luck. Um, And then you have an interception. That's six turnovers, basically. So, and the fact that they... Still only lost the game by single digits. Um, Boise State's not that good this year. I like the head coach, Andy Avalos. I like that the fact that he's a Boise State guy. I think this team moving forward will be good in the future, maybe in future years. But this team is just not getting it done for me. I've faded them a couple of times this year. I backed them to start the season against Central Florida. was extremely lucky with that cover. Uh, so I, I feel like I have a good handle on Boise. They face Air Force this week. And, you know, I lean Air Force. They've only turned the ball over three times all year. And I think Air Force has given Boise State troubles in the past. They, they've won on the blue turf in the past. I wish they were a bigger dog here. But uh, there's only one way I could look in that game, and that's Air Force. BYU goes on the road to face Baylor. And uh, Baylor will be, or uh, BYU will be a six point dog. I lean BYU. However, after last week um, with Baylor, Baylor just kind of confuses me at this point. I, I realize they have a very good home field advantage. Uh, I did not expect them to play the way they did against West Virginia this past week, winning 45-20. to 20. I wasn't, you know, I know Baylor has a good home field advantage. They give good teams trouble all the time, even when they're not good at home. Which was the reason I teased West Virginia up through all the key numbers, three, four, seven. Uh, I think I had them at plus eight and a half. It was a low total, so I teased West Virginia this past week. Obviously, we didn't win that leg of the teaser. Um, it was pretty bad early with West Virginia giving up a bunch of big plays in the passing game. I just, 
I was kind of shocked. Baylor almost went over the total themselves. West Virginia had a good defense. They had a great defense last year. They had a good defense this year. I'm not sure what happened. <laughs> they gave big play after big play. It was not something in their DNA. They really weren't giving up big plays previously. So giving up 525 yards was just odd. I think they gave up five plays of 30-plus. And um, I don't know. That game was just a little head-scratching to me. Um, so I'm not going to give Baylor too much credit for it. Uh, so I definitely lean BYU this 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 week. And West Virginia is going on a bye this week. We touched on Kentucky earlier, but let's talk about the game that they played last week. LSU, we gave out LSU late. Uh, you know, I it was really all about Ed Orgeron off a loss and the matchup, which I thought, you know, LSU could pass on Kentucky, which was Kentucky's defensive weakness. I mean, they gave up 28 points to Missouri, for God's sakes. Um, I, I really thought LSU had the better defense compared to Missouri, so I, th- I thought this was going to be a field goal game. I thought I thought LSU could win, uh, especially Kentucky coming off the huge win against Florida. Kentucky steamboats them out the gate, twenty-one to nothing in the third quarter. I just felt like this was the wrong game plan for LSU, who they really did not attack Kentucky's weakness, which is their secondary. It was really odd because. It aligned with the strength of LSU's offense, which is Max Johnson throwing the ball. You know, I that, that's why I gave out the premium play on LSU. My full analysis is on my website uh, as my games are released as soon as the game starts. So you can always go back and, and look to see if I'm crazy or anything. But um, LSU missed some key fourth downs early in this game in the first half, uh, right at midfield or slightly in Kentucky territory, if I recall correctly. It really changed this game. Um, I think the final is a bit misleading, but, uh, I will say, you know, I called out Will Levis, uh, you know, I backed Kentucky the week before against Kentucky as my max play of the day. I was not impressed with Will Levis in that game. And, you know, he showed me something here. I mean, he went 14 for 17, 145 yards, three passing touchdowns. Uh, he was also a runner in this game. It, you know, it was part of the reason I was fading Kentucky, and, you know, he proved me wrong. He proved a lot of people wrong, and uh, we'll see what he can do here against Georgia this week. Wake Forest finds a way to win. They stay undefeated after a big win in the Carrier Dome in overtime. Uh, Syracuse actually outgained Wake Forest, 514 to 426. That's a lot of yards to give up to a struggling Syracuse offense. Syracuse hosts Clemson Friday night as a 14-point dog in the Carrier Dome. Uh, where Clemson has lost before, I I struggle with this game because I still can't understand why Clemson is is a double digit favorite on the road in these games that they have not covered. Um, the only difference I could say, and why I'll probably be off this game, is Clemson is off a bye, so maybe they fix some things in the bye. I'm gonna have to go back and look to see what they've done in the, off the bye in the past. You know, I I. I also, you know, obviously Clemson's defense is really good. Syracuse offense is not as good as they showed this past week. They just aren't. Maybe they're going to start to click. Um, but I would bet that Syracuse scores in the single digits here. I, I don't even know if they'll score in this game. Um, and I'm sure Clemson, Syracuse has Clemson's attention. The only other thing that I could throw into this handicap, and these are intangibles that I just don't know, um, how focused was Clemson in the bye? Does Dabo has that? Does he have that team focused in the bye with two losses, knowing that they they most likely can't compete for college football playoffs, something that they're used to doing every year? Does this team care? 
So, I mean, I think there's only one way you could look Syracuse side or maybe the under in this game. I think the under is probably the better play um, just because I'd, I'd be worried that maybe Clemson found something during their bye week. Maybe they can score 21 points and Syracuse scores three. I, I mean, Syracuse does have a good defense, so I could only look at the under in that game. Uh, that would be my lean. Lean on the under. Let me write that down because I, I actually, more I think about that, I really like that. Wake Forest, they get a bye, and they get some extra time to prepare for Army. They'll go on the road next weekend to face a very good Army team. Um, it's really good that Wake Forest gets the time to prepare, and I'm looking forward to handicapping that game next week. I, I'd be remiss if I did not bring up my college football play of the day. We talked about my NFL play of the day on the 49ers plus six, which was honestly an unfortunate loss. I mean, you can't, really can't debate that. Uh call me biased for losing that game. Those games always hurt when I lose them. But um, I'm going to say the same thing here. And it's going to sound crazy because South Carolina plus 10.5 got down 28 nothing and then 35 nothing in this game. Uh, this was much closer than the final indicated. I knew that if South Carolina could just weather the storm, the early storm against Tennessee, where you know it's it's really a culture shock when you go into those games against Tennessee and Josh Hubble, who wants to play so fast. If you don't get down early, you stay in the game. So it's almost it's it's almost like you need to bet those games live. South Carolina really started to figure, figure it out on defense after a while, but unfortunately it was just too late. They got down so far, and we even had a chance to cover this late. South Carolina had the ball down 38-20, driving, um, and I think they had to go for it on fourth down and didn't get it again. Uh, the biggest difference of the game was a couple of three and outs early, which, again, I said you can't go three and out against Tennessee early. You just can't do it. Um, you can't go you, – you just can't. Um, then your defense is on the field. You're tired. Tennessee scored. That's basically what happened here. And, and South Carolina had two turnovers and were two for four on fourth down. So they had four turnovers basically in this game. And Tennessee had zip, so that's the difference in the game. I really still don't think there's much that separates these two teams, and I just think it was just a bad game early in the first half for South Carolina. Um, so all in all, I still do believe in my handicap. I do need to give Hendon Hooker some credit. He did not win the quarterback competition, uh, which only makes me doubt these coaches more. I don't know how he didn't win the quarterback. Uh, I, I really don't understand unless they were they were thinking towards the future with uh, Milton there being a younger guy. Um, I'm still not sold on this Tennessee team like others. To be honest, the win over Missouri the previous week where they really kicked their ass doesn't look as good based on what I saw from Missouri this past week. And, you know, South Carolina's offense has been struggling. So Tennessee really hasn't faced many good offenses since Pitt. And Pitt, you know, they put up points all over the field on them. Uh, Tennessee, a three-point home dog against Ole Miss this week. Another team that does not play defense. Uh, it's going to be very interesting because Ole Miss really likes to drop. They like to play three defensive linemen and drop the guys and play pass defense. And Tennessee, um, surprisingly, is a run-first team. So I'll be very interested to see how that game goes. The total is 82. Um, you know, I expect Matt Corral and the Ole Miss to to win this game probably by seven or more. I don't think field goals are going to uh, – that's the way I lean. So, um, honestly, I don't think kicking field goals is going to happen in this game. So, if you like Tennessee, it may be 
you definitely have to take him on the money line, in my opinion. Um, and you might even want to take him as an alternate spread. For me, I, I actually like uh, Ole Miss. So I'm going to be looking at alternate odds, taking Ole Miss, you know, minus six and a half maybe with plus Vig. I think that's the way to go in that game personally because I think whoever wins is going to win, you know, by more than a field goal. I don't think these teams are kicking field goals. Uh, something to bring up in the MAC that I found interesting, uh, not, nothing that's making me, and I think about this every year, and I sometimes I just don't have the guts to play it, but you, you see this almost every year, and I'm I'm going to have to make a note in the offseason to go back and look at um, double-digit dogs in the MAC early in the season. It's, it's almost like the ignored conference as far as, like, Nobody knows who's good, maybe. Or or teams just surprise each other every year, it seems like. A double-digit dog pulls up the upset uh, when conference play starts. And, and this week, we had three of them. Double-digit dogs on the road. We had Northern Illinois beat T- Toledo on the road. Akron beat Bowling Green as a double-digit dog on the road. And Ball State crushing Western Michigan 45-20 to on the road as a double-digit dog. Really nothing misleading about these finals with the exception of Ball State, who was plus four turnover margin against Western Michigan. Um, this week, Northern Illinois, nine-point favorite against Bowling Green. Akron, a 19.5-point dog at Miami, Ohio. And Ball State, a one-and-a-half-point favorite at Eastern Michigan. And Western Michigan is a six and a half point favorite against Kent State, uh, which obviously I've bat- backed Kent State a couple times and lost. So um, definitely lean Kent State there, but I'm not sure I can get to the window there because Kent State's are. I, that's not a good reason though not to back a team. Um, <laughs> oh, I went 0 and 2 against the spread on them. Let me not bet them this week, and then they win and cover. Um, so Kent State, definitely a game that I'm going to be looking at this week here and are my official lean at plus 6.5. Another large upset was Florida State as an 18.5-point road dog at U- at North Carolina. Florida State upset North Carolina last year as well. I think it's something to do with coaching, the coaching matchup for sure. Florida State also has has a bye coming up, so... I think they put in a ton of effort into that game. It's very easy to overlook Florida State right now, so maybe that's what they did with uh, Miami up here and North Carolina 7.5-point favorite. Normally, I would look to back North Carolina here, but Miami is off a bye. Obviously, I'm not high on Miami, although I backed them that one week against Michigan State. I faded them a couple times this year as well. Uh, The week North Carolina lost to Florida State last week, they they beat a ranked – NC State team 48 to 21, so they clearly bounced back. North Carolina also crushed Miami last year, 62 to 26. So if you're looking one way here, I could only look North Carolina, uh, but it's not an official lean for me. Uh, we got to talk Wisconsin again. They put up 491 total yards and a 24 to nothing win. Uh, but don't get too excited about this offense. Grant Mertz continues to struggle. I can't believe this guy's a five-star quarterback. Uh, maybe it's confidence. I maybe it's he has no weapons at wide receiver. I don't know, but you're going up against Illinois here. He went 10 for 19, threw another interception. Uh, the running game was really what helped them this game. They ran for 391 yards on 61 rushing attempts. The offense really wore down Illinois here. Illinois was one for 12 on third down, one for three on fourth down, and had just 93 total yards. So Wisconsin's defense was never really the problem. It's Graham Mertz. I'll continue to look to fade them 
when they face good run defenses. And this week they get Army at home at night as a 14-point favorite. You know, I'll have to dig more about the coaching and if they face the option, but Wisconsin has no business laying double digits to a quality team like Army, who's also off a bye and a loss. Army lost to a much better Cincinnati team on the road last year by 14 points, and in 2019, they nearly upset Michigan, a big physical team, on the road 21-24. to In 2018, Army nearly upset Oklahoma on the road 21-28. to As long as the defense doesn't face and... As long as this defense doesn't um, hasn't faced the, the option, I, I think I might have to play Army here. I think that Army is built to play these big teams. That's why they run the option. Um, they're really built to surprise these big teams like Wisconsin. And I think if Army's offense can stay on the field, I think their defense won't get worn down by the Wisconsin running game, and they'll stay within these two scores, leaning towards Army for sure. Uh, last game here, TCU, they win by three touchdowns, but they were outgained by 60 yards in this game. A lot of, I, I will note that a lot of Tech's offense was in garbage time. They were down 38 to 10 in the third quarter. This seems to happen a lot with Tech. They're they're always open for the back door. They're, they were just four for 13 on third down, three for six on fourth down. Uh, that's worth noting that Tech is not shy about going for it on fourth down. Uh, TCU lost Max Duggan, who is uh, questionable. This week against Oklahoma, so you're just definitely going to want to check on that because he is really the key to TCU's offense, in my opinion. Texas Tech goes on the road to face a Kansas team as a 16.5-point favorite. Really no no lean there. Oh, and I do have one more game to talk about. Florida Atlantic, they lose 31-14. to They had four turnovers against UAB, and the yardage was, was even. Uh, Florida Atlantic really struggles against the better defenses, and then they seem to flat-out dominate the bad defenses. They're off this week, but something to keep an eye on moving forward that you want to maybe fade Florida Atlantic against good defenses and back them against bad defenses. That wraps up today's podcast. Definitely looking forward to this upcoming week in college football. Uh, Time to rebound from last week's poor week but again as i remind you all that's going to happen this is a grind anyone that tells you they win every week is a liar (laughs) unfortunately it's not that easy we can't just print money but uh over the long term i've proven for my clients that we win over and over long term still up on the season a good amount of profit so make sure you check out this week's package 70 bucks gets you all the picks college and pro Guaranteed or one week free. That's up on my website, freddywills.com. Make sure you subscribe to the premium pick newsletter. You get one premium pick once per week. No spam, just one email with my premium play of the week. Again, all at freddywills.com. Thanks and good luck this week.